This is literally everything. 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 It's time to cut off all communication with the outside world. Dust off your old VCR and gather your collection of mixtapes. Then tease those bangs, put on your favorite pair of leg warmers. The nostalgia bug has bitten and we are here to scratch the itch. I'm Odell. I'm Erin. It's time to go back where we belong. Happy kids. We're back again and we're traveling back to 1984 again. Mm-hmm. This is my second movie that I've had. From 1984. And they're just within like a few weeks of each other. Because that last one I did was Splash. It was in March of 84. Which was a brilliant movie. Today is I'm amazed that I am still talking to you right now. (laughs) After this movie. Today's movie was quintessential. And we'll talk more about like what was going on with movies back in the early 80s. Uh This was the quintessential early 80s she like everything about it was it, you could only get away with some of the shit that was done in this movie in the early 80s that's yeah. it like that's why yeah. i love it is because it is such a time stamp i will say my oldest daughter came in while i was watching this movie uh-huh. and she goes it was in the um hot bod contest <laughs> and she was like what was wrong with you guys that's her we had no it. smartphones we had we, we had no. nothing that's how we entertained ourselves yes. was spring break which we'll talk more about that in a bit oh, i was 12 years old this year finishing up sixth grade which we talked about three episodes ago so if you want to find out other things that was going on with me Back in 1984, (laughs) just listen to episode three when we talked about Splash. Yeah. Yeah. Same with me. I mean, I was, what, this came out in April, right? So I was six years old. Uh, No. Oh, my God. Was I five? Turn. Yeah, I was five turning six that year. Yeah, just turned 12. Both my parents had just gotten remarried. Yeah, that's. Really, all that was going on in my life, my brother became a total asshole that year <laughs> um, after my parents' divorce and remarriages. But yeah, that's that's really all that. I mean, I definitely was not seeing where the boys are. No, in the and I didn't I see it until that. like junior high. It was a couple of years later that I saw <laughs> Which it. I was like, wait, you were in sixth grade. When is junior high? That's sixth well, grade, right? Well, sixth grade was still elementary tech for where I went to school. Uh, it was through sixth grade was elementary, and then junior high was just seventh and eighth grade. I did tell Emma that. I was like, I did not see this movie. Yeah. And then I was like, Odell, though, like, I think he watched it in junior high. And she just rolled her eyes. She was like, I don't understand. <laughs> I go, girl, with this one, I don't understand. But we'll talk about that later. So what was happening in April of this year, on April 4th, Winston Smith in Orwell's novel 1984, began mm-hmm. his secret diary in defiance of the totalitarian government. So that's what was happening. Oh. Uh, the book kicked off on April 4th, I guess. Yeah. It's been a while since I read it, so I can't say for sure. And I think Adam literally just reread that within mm. the last few months. He yeah. loves that book. It's one of his I don't think I've ever read it. I read it in college. Okay. Um, April 5th, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar broke Wilt Chamberlain's all-time career scoring record. Of 31,419 nice. points. That's Good a lot of points. God. That's nuts. On April 6th, the 11th NASA Space Shuttle mission, Challenger 5, launched. It was the first time 11 people were in space at the same time that they know of. <laughs> oh, that just gave me chills, I know. <laughs> and then... On April 8th, the fourth Golden Raspberry Awards were held in a movie titled Lonely Lady won. I don't even know what Wait, that... like the Razzies? I guess. It said the fourth Golden Raspberry Awards. Oh, I guess. Yeah, I've so never guess thought about what they stand for. Okay. Well, 
Yeah. I've never oh, heard of Lonely fun. Lady, but I feel like we need what? to find it and watch it. I don't know, Odell. I, I don't know. Can I tell you something really quick? Because mm-hmm. you remember on our last podcast, like we assigned each other really terrible movies. Mm-hmm. So my youngest had a friend over and I walk into their room, into her room, and they're sitting there watching Sharks of the Corn. <laughs> <laughs> it is now on our Halloween rotation. See? So this just reminds me of, okay, so we're going to watch a movie to deliberately take our time that we'll never get back that is guaranteed to be terrible. However, I say that and then realize, yeah, my kid still watches Sharks of the Corn. Right. See, that's the thing, though, with this podcast, we're looking at different points in times in the 80s. Not we all are. movies are great. No, no, and no, And no. even some that I loved back when I was a kid that I can realize they were shitty movies, but they had an impact on me. There's a nostalgia, yes. There's absolutely. a nostalgia aspect, and that's the whole point of this, is reliving that. Yes. Regardless of how shitty these movies are. And several, <laughs> there are several that I haven't seen that I wonder, you know... Had this been one that I hadn't seen, but I'd seen like one of the other horny teen movies from the 80s, mm-hmm. would I be able to compare it to one of those other horny 80 teen movies from the 80s that I saw and remember seeing and have that impact and think of it from that point of view? Or would it just be from my standards now? Right. <laughs> well, and that's what I think we'll have with this movie, because I did not see this way back right. when you did. So you have the nostalgia factor. There's a nostalgia factor, but also just what was going on in the world at the time. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's such a it's such a timestamp. Yeah, it's such a timestamp, which I've got some statistics and stuff later. Well, and I've got I did read an article that was it was like 2080s movies that could never be made today. Yeah. Yeah. This was not on the list and should have been on the list. But I think this is one that kind of fell off the radar because there was such yeah. an influx of these horny teen exploitation movies in the 80s that this oh, one just yes. kind of plus this one was told from the point of view of the girls where all the others were from the that point of view of guys. That is very true. That so is very true. This was kind of like an early bridesmaids, except for it didn't tip the thing on its head because there wasn't any real depth to any of these movies, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So it was like, Hey, we're going to be feminist about this, but then there wasn't a whole lot of worthy content to even make it make an impact on anything. (laughs) Oh, eighties. I love you. So, so something else that was going on April 9th, we had the Academy Awards were held. I Mm love picking these March and April. Movies because I get yeah. Academy Awards, Golden Globes. <laughs> that I can talk yeah. about. Yeah, and those were later in the year than they usually mm-hmm. would. Because they're now. right now they're in like February, but January, back then it was February. Like March and April. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the Academy Awards were held on April 9th. Shirley MacLaine won Best Actress for playing Aurora in Terms of Endearment. <sighs> I will never forgive you for making me watch the movie. Go on. Robert Duvall won for Tender Mercies. Oh. Um, Terms of Endearment won Best Picture. Jack Nicholson won Best Supporting Actor for Terms of Endearment, and Linda Hunt won Best Supporting Actress for playing a Chinese man with dwarfism named Billy Kwan in Year of Living Dangerously. She is the first person to win for playing a character of the opposite sex. There is so much wrong with that. (laughs) everything wrong with what you just said. Everything was wrong. Yes. That is, I cannot believe, I mean, when you look at that, then you understand how like these horny sexploitation movies were made right? at the same time. Like, of course they were. There were no boundaries. No. None. No. None that anyone cared about. Well, and Ronald Reagan was president of the United States at this time. He was voted in, I think, in 81 and then officially took office in 82, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, Margaret Thatcher yeah, was. was the prime minister of the United Kingdom. Uh-huh. Fashion-wise, women were wearing long sweaters with fishnet stockings and fingerless gloves, or oh, jumpsuits girl. were very popular, the flare leg jumpsuits. Oh, yes. Oversized I remember scarves. the long sweater dresses. Mm-hmm. I with loved belt. me a good sweater. <laughs> yes, I loved a good sweater dress. Let me yep. bring that back. Um, mini skirts were big, stirrup pants, spandex oh, yes. cycling shorts. Men were wearing Hawaiian shirts. Flannel, shell suits, and wool sports coats. Shell suits? What is that? I think they were those, like, they were the pastel-colored suits. They were very boxy-looking. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. The 80s. 
Uh, if you're playing video games, you're probably probably playing Asteroids or Pac-Man <gasps> oh. or Missile Command or Donkey Kong. Oh my God. <laughs> you just Oh my God. Yes. Like we're talking yes. Atari 2600 ColecoVision. Yes. Types of games. I here. found an arcade here where you can buy like a pe- it's like laser tag and miniature golf and all of that stuff. And you can buy like a day pass, mm-hmm. you know, where you can play those as much as possible. But then in the arcade, you can only you can play as many games as you want, but only of the classic games. And they think they're like, oh, they're not gonna want to just play Donkey Kong. And I was like, bitch, dare me. <laughs> Watch me play Miss Pac-Man the rest of the day here. And it was mm-hmm. all free. And you could just keep playing those centipede. Is that what it was oh, called? God, yes. Mil- centipede. There was yes, centipede, it was millipede, like the yeah. Oh my God, they had that. I was in heaven that entire day. Yep. I mean, I did not want to play like Q-Bert. a shoot 'em up game. Yes, there was Qbert. Dig Dug. I love. Oh my God. I didn't even think. <laughs> I don't remember that being there because I totally forgot that. Frogger. Yeah. Oh, Frogger used to stress the fuck out of me, but I love that game. Is very, but you know what? <laughs> I can cross any fucking street because of Frogger. <laughs> but can you jump on the crocodiles? And the logs I have not that are mastered that like 500 yet. miles an hour. Those stressed me out. Mm-hmm. Those going really stressed directions. me out. Yeah. Donkey Kong actually stressed me. I forgot how stressful that one could be. Mm-hmm. Especially when you get close to him. Yes. Very, very extremely stressful. Hubert, I forgot how much I love that one. Mm-hmm. Please, the Pac-Mans. Yep. Y'all, oh, what is that? Galaga? What is it called? Galaga? Galaga? There is Galaga, but I forget what Galaga was. Yeah, I can't. Oh, my God. And there there was like the asteroid one uh-huh. where it had like the little like almost like a an arrow thing that was your plane that you yep. were you going just, across. Yeah, all you could do is go back and forth or up and down. Yes. Yes. And so you just yes. hold down the button to yes. shoot, but then you'd overheat. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then they drop these missiles that are like, you can't. Oh, my God. Just those games. I love games now. You cannot, for me, beat the games that were on the old gaming systems, like when they first came out. Even just Pong. Do you remember yes! Pong? You just had the two lines and the oh, ball, and you just move your things up and down. I can still hear it hitting. <laughs> oh, my God. So good. Okay. I love it. Continue. Other popular toys of the time included Dungeons & Dragons, which I never played, but I do remember there were so many commercials. And daytime TV mm-hmm. about the dangers of Dungeons and Dragons because it was right played into that satanic oh panic. My God. Like, yes, I think Tom Hanks even did a made-for-TV movie where he got obsessed with Dungeons and Dragons. And <laughs> what the hell? Well, that's still around and just as big. I have so uh-huh. many students that are in Dungeons and Dragons club. Yeah, like I don't clubs get it. that are around schools and things. Like, it's nuts. Uh-huh. We also had Cabbage Patch Kids, Space uh, Legos, never had those, what? and My Little Pony became big Love me in some 84. My Little Pony. Yes. I loved My Little Pony. What a great message of friendship. We also had amazing music, per usual. Yes. Top 10 songs this week included a number 10, Hello, by Lionel Richie. It's me number nine. Oh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper. Oh, God, I love it. Number eight, The Sexy Adult Education by Holland Oates. Oh, God. Number seven, Miss Me Blind by Culture Club. Uh-huh. Number six, Automatic by the Pointer Sisters. Uh-huh. Number five, Jump by Van Halen. Uh, yeah. Number four, Here Comes the Rain Again by Eurythmics. Love them. Number three, Against All Odds, Take a Look at Me Now by Phil Take Collins. A look at me now. Number nice. two, Somebody's Watching Me by Rockwell. Somebody's watching me. So and then good. number one, Footloose by Kenny Loggins. I'm gonna lose Footloose. Can't go wrong there. I mean, how do you not automatically do the Footloose dance? Right. Even in your chair. You have to. You start dancing, yeah. kicking your yeah, legs. Yeah, you have to. But after looking at... The top 40, I'm Mm -hmm. adding, for my first song, Mm -hmm. Back Where You Belong by 38 Special, in honor of our show, Uh, Back Where We Belong. 
A little 38 specials back where you belong as my first pick. It was at number 39 that week. Ah, I love it. I want to add Hold Me Now, Thompson Twins. Love it. I love that song. I did too. I saw them in concert, but there was only one. So it was just a Thompson twist. So it was like just a Thompson. (laughs) That's it. It was really good. He opened for B-52s and Boy George. So it was, I mean, they were lovely. And I mean, or he was, I don't know. I don't know. I was very confused. (laughs) I was very intoxicated. And I was like, I don't get it. Did they still call him the Thompson twins? Yeah, it was the Thompson twins, but there was only one guy up there. Oh, you feel like there was no other twin. The other but then I think he had like his daughter up there or his son up there with him okay. playing an instrument. So it was nice. Yeah. But it was only a Thompson. So that right. was weird. It was right. number 11. It almost broke into the top 10. It's number 11. Well, typically, if we can, we'll pick a song from the movie. So I went through the soundtrack and looked on iTunes. The only song I could find was Lisa Hartman's where the version of where the boys are, but I didn't like it. And I feel like that would just slow the playlist to a screeching halt because you're right. Our playlists are banging. Let me tell you, I listened to them while I was working the other day and I was dancing in my chair while I worked. They're amazing. Cause you know, the words of every song that comes Mm -hmm. up, it's just a good mix. So instead of adding that one, I'm going to add You Might Think by The Cars. Oh, very nice. Yes. It was that or Holding Out for a Hero. And I thought you were going to choose Holding Out for a Hero for sure. So I. Which I think, I mean, this was like a huge year for movies. I I am going, because obviously I want to do Holding Out for a Hero. Right. And there are a few others. I mean, like when I was looking through these, I was like, I, I don't know what to pick yeah um we'll there are quite a few options. so i was like i can always do these later yes absolutely all right our sweet valley high book of the month we have talked about this before on why is everyone staring at us was number seven dear sister <laughs> where jessica is holding a picture of elizabeth on the cover the synopsis reads sweet valley is stunned by the news Beautiful young Elizabeth Wakefield lies in a coma on the brink of death after a horrible motorcycle accident. Elizabeth's boyfriend, Todd, is consumed by guilt. He was driving and escaped unharmed. He feels totally helpless. Yep. All he can do is wait for a change in Elizabeth's condition, a change that might mean the loss of the only girl he's ever loved. But no one is more shattered than Elizabeth's twin, Jessica as she keeps watch over the silent body of her sister she's overwhelmed by despair without elizabeth can life go on no no it can't <laughs> this was the it one can't. where she was literally in a coma for one chapter yep mm-hmm. and all it took was jessica holding her hand and screaming at her lizzie please come back yeah i can't live without you then she woke up but then she started acting like jessica and gave jessica a taste for her own medicine Yes, and Jessica did not like it. No, but it was also, she wrecked on a motorcycle, just like <laughs> their cousin, Rexy. <laughs> Rexy, who was in a wreck. <laughs> because Crunch I McAllister hit them in. Crunch McAllister. Crunch. Purple. Got Rexy in a wreck. Van. Yep. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You cannot make this shit up. <laughs> Someone can, but that is just. God, I love, I love it. That Saturday, after our movie was released, Michael Douglas hosted SNL. It was his first and only time hosting. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I, you, I mean, and he's been around for a while, so you think that in that amount of time. What movie was crazy. he doing at the time? I think Romancing the Stone had come out in 84, oh, which is what okay. I love. a great movie. Denise Williams was a musical guest, and she performed Let's Hear It for the Boy. And wrapped up. Oh, love it. This season, the cast included Jim Belushi, Robin Duke, Mary Gross, Brad Hall, Tim Kazarinski, Gary Kroger, Joe Piscopo, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I didn't know she was on Saturday Night Live. I remember reading that she was on it. Yeah, I didn't watch but it I back never, then. So. I didn't watch it back then either, because it was after like the classic cast. Um, this was one of those years where... I don't remember my parents watching it. Yeah. Where I feel like it just kind of felt, you know, like every few years, 
they just don't get a cast that that jives together and mm-hmm. then they find like the perfect cast. So I feel like this is one of those years. Yeah, I never really got into Saturday Night Live until I was in like later in high school and college and that's when I got into it. Yeah, I remember it always being on at our at my dad's especially. Mm-hmm. He loved watching it. Yeah, my grandparents would watch it and I remember watching the Conehead episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or skits when they would be on. That's really all mm-hmm. I remember. All right, last thing we'll talk about before the break is the Happy Meal toy of the month. It was the Fast Mac car. It was one of those cars you could pull back and then let it go and it would move on its own. There were four different ones. We had one that was Ronald, one that was Birdie. Then we had the Hamburglar and then the Big Mac Sheriff dude. Who's Birdie? I remember she was a bird. And she she was like, I think they introduced her when they started serving breakfast at McDonald's. She was like the early bird. Okay. And so she represented the breakfast thing. And so, but she had the goggles on her head and, you know. Oh, okay. That does sound familiar. That was definitely not like a regular. That was no no Hamburglar. No. Because we had Hamburglar, Grimace, and... Uh, Ronald, which were the staples. Those were the big ones, yeah. And then you had the fry guys that came along. Yes. And then you had Birdie, and then you had the sheriff, who it was like the Big Mac, who was always chasing okay. the hamburger. Anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. So that's what we got. Love it. All right, let's take a break. College co-eds, Virginal Jenny, outgoing Carol, wealthy and spoiled Southern Belle Sandra, and horny Lori travel to Fort Lauderdale for their Easter week of spring break and become involved in a series of adventures and misadventures, which include the naive Jenny being pursued by musician drifter Scott and Sandra's snobbish musician cousin Tamden. Meanwhile, Carol is seeking a break in her relationship with the jealous Chip who follows her down to Florida. Sandra pursues a romance with local policeman Ernie, who arrests her on the first night for being drunk and disorderly, while Lori just seeks any man she can get her hands on. Yep. So, you summed it where up the boys right there. Are, <laughs> thanks, whoever wrote that on IMDb. Where the Boys Are was released on April 6th, 1984, just in time for spring break. It was the first movie released under the TriStar Pictures banner. Oh. The first movie. The first, wow. like, this broke in That's TriStar. That's what you hung your hat on. Okay. <laughs> All right, TriStar. <laughs> the weekend before this movie released, our top 10 movies were, at number 10, we had Racing with the Moon. No idea what that is. Oh, that's the, I, I do remember that one. I, I know that name. Oh, no. I'm thinking Paper Moon, Tatum O'Neill. <laughs> Never mind. Continue. <laughs> At number nine, we had a little Children of the Corn. He wants you too, Malachi. Oh my God, the movies. I, I do suggest eight. Sharks of the Corn instead of Children of the Corn. It is, <laughs> it is just as good, if not better. But not Terror at Blood Fart Lake. <laughs> at number eight, we have Tank. Vaguely remember that. Okay. I think I had James, what's his name? I forget his last name. Uh, number seven, The Ice Pirates. I remember the name, don't remember the movie. Number six, Against All Odds, never saw it. And number five, we had Footloose. Uh. And number four, Romancing the Stone. So yeah, okay. this came out at the same time. Number three, Splash was still hanging oh, on. Love it. Number two, Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes. Okay. And the number one, another horny, raunchy sex comedy, Police Academy. Oh, yeah. The first one? Was it number one? Uh-huh. Okay. So this movie opened at number six the week that it was released. Okay. Also opening that week was Moscow on the Hudson. I think that was Robin Williams, right? Uh, I honestly I don't correctly? remember that I one. I don't it. think I've ever even heard of that one. Then we had Up the Creek, which I'm pretty sure is another raunchy sex comedy. And then the Rick Springfield led Hard to Hold. Oh my God. I've seen. I swear. I have a copy of. I used to be obsessed with Rick Springfield. He- Loved that soundtrack. Have you and seen I remember him seeing that movie. lately? No. He looks even better than he did. He is a gorgeous, ridiculously beautiful man. Now remember, you would like to, I mean, if you had a crush on him before, girl. Oh, I did. 
So he was Dr. Noah Drake yeah. on General Hospital for a while. With, and Demi Moore was on there, that's too. Right. I think they were that's at the same time. That's right. Oh my God. But I remember watching Hard to Hold, and there's one scene where his fans are chasing him down the hall, and all he's wearing is a towel, and his towel falls off, and you see his butt. <laughs> this movie, Where the Boys Are, was written by Stu Krieger, Krieger and Jeff okay. Burkhart. <laughs> okay. Krieger also wrote The Land Before Time. Uh, oh, uh, wait. <laughs> Stark contrast Wait there. a second. The Horny guy who women. wrote Where the Boys Are also wrote Land Before Time. <laughs> Land before that time. That that does not track at all. That does not make any sense. Jeff Burkhart has a writing credit on the 1981 Brooke Shields love story, Endless Love, which was kind of a Romeo and Juliet like mm-hmm. story. Um, this movie was directed by someone named Hi Averbeck. Mostly directed TV shows. Most notably, he directed 20 episodes of the TV series Mash. Okay. So this movie is rated R. Has a runtime of one hour and 34 minutes. Okay. It had a budget of, I think, I didn't write that down. It was like $1.6 or something like that. Oh. It made $3.6 million its opening weekend and went on to gross $10.5 million. Okay. Not a whole lot of action on this one over on Rotten Tomatoes. No? <laughs> no critic score. It has really? a 29% audience score, but there are only two, two reviews. Roger Ebert did review it, and he called it an exercise in exhausted cynicism. (laughs) (laughs) I'll agree. This this is not a movie that's going to win any awards, for sure. No. It is, though, a movie that, as I said earlier, it embodies everything cheesy and decadent that the early 80s had to offer. Like, there were so many of these movies at that time. The leads are horrible actors. My God. Horrible oh actors. My God. The only two that could kind of, well, there were three people that I was could act. That was Lorna Luft, yeah. the woman who played Sandra, the the Southern Belle. Yeah. And then Louise Sorrell, who played her aunt. Okay. And I call her out only because I love her because she was on Days of Our Lives. Okay. But okay. Everybody that makes else a little more sense. <laughs> was horrible. So like, bad. Lisa Hartman <gasps> giggled her way through all of her lines. 90% no. of them. She was giggling. So bad. The dude who played Scott, he was also on Young and the Restless back in the day. He was horrible. It was like he literally had someone with a cue card standing behind yes. whoever he was talking to. Yes. <laughs> yes. Freaking awful. Horrible. And Camden, I don't know what choices that dude was making. He, I, he was, I don't. <laughs> he was like awkward, but then. And I he, couldn't tell like, if he was he playing him as autistic, kind of, because he lived in France. Right. So he's like, he was trying to be uppity. Yes. But then he was also seemed a little awkward. He was like, and well, uncomfortable. I think it was such a caricature <laughs> of like, of if so you think of like lifestyles of the rich and famous, mm-hmm. like almost a caricature of Robin Leach from that. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Where it's like, do y'all think that's how? That's how this goes. Yeah. It's like he changed his character, though, every step of the way. Like, he wasn't really sure who he was. No. No. But the purpose was just to show horny college kids getting it on. I remember when I first saw this, I was like seventh or eighth grade. And as you know, I've said this many times before, I grew up in a very, very small town where nothing happened. Right. Like the only thing I did, my exciting day or my exciting time of the week, would drive 30 miles to get movies, rent movies. Mm-hmm. By the time we got there, the good ones were gone. So we got things like Where the Boys yes, Are. Yes. And all of the B-level movies is all we got. And so we'd bring those home. And my escape was watching movies. Mm -hmm. So seeing this, I saw this group of girls going off to party. So in my head, I'm like, this is a rite of passage. Right. When I get to college, I'm going to go to Fort Lauderdale. Like that was my aspiration. I wanted to go to Fort Lauderdale. Is Fort Lauderdale even like a party place anymore? Not anymore. But back in the day, that was was like- The place to go was Fort Lauderdale. That was the spring break place. Okay. Wow. So the movie contains lots of bad fashion, 80s hair, lots of raunch, 
But movies about horny high school and college kids were huge yeah. at this time. Called them the teen exploitation films of the early 80s. Just a year before this movie was made, a movie titled Spring Break was released. It made $24 million at the box office. Revenge of the Nerds was released this same year in 1984. Another huge success. That was grossed on over the list. $40 million oh my at the box office. That was on the list of movies that could never be made today. No, it's horrible. It is so bad. Yeah, a ra- I mean, it's racist, sexist, homophobic. It, it there is are so many things wrong horrible. with it. It's horrible. And yeah. it's cringy to watch now. But I remember laughing my ass off at that movie. Loving yeah, but that I haven't movie. seen it probably since the, oh, no, I mean, I maybe since I saw this movie. Yeah, I have not seen it since, I mean, late 80s at the latest. Mm-hmm. Or at the early, yeah. The Porky's franchise started in 1981. The first movie grossed over $111 million. Wow. So people loved these raunchy, horny, oh, yeah. no plot, yeah. horrible writing, bad acting movies about teens having sex. Within this time frame, we also had Animal House, Hard Bodies, Summer Resort. The difference with most of these is that where the boys are focused mainly on four women where all the others that I mentioned were driven by male yeah. main characters. Now, this movie starred... It was the sex starred, in the city of its time. <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> and we can almost kind of see, like, Lori would have been Samantha. Oh, yeah. Carol would have been um, Miranda. Miranda. Sandra would have been Charlotte. Sandra was Charlotte. Yeah. And um, Jenny, Jenny was Carrie. Oh, yeah. Totally fits. But the movie starred Lisa Hartman, now known as Lisa Hartman Black, because she's married to country singer Clint Black. And has been forever. She was, mm-hmm. she was pretty big on TV back then. She was on Knott's Landing. She had a brief music career. But she plays virginal good girl Jenny Cooper. We also had Lynn Holly Johnson, who played horny Lori Holden. I knew her best from Ice Castles because she plays this young ice skater who goes blind after an accident. And Robbie Benson helps her learn how to skate again. (laughs) I just remember the theme from Ice Castles. I used to play it on the piano all the time. Through the Eyes of Love. Beautiful. Oh, my God. (laughs) Through the Eyes of Love of a Blind Person. (laughs) It's so, it's like in that, what is that movie or that show? It's like, um... A sideshow when when the Siamese twins I'll, sing, gonna, I will never, never leave, leave you. you. Of course you won't, bitch. <laughs> Through the eyes of love. Girl, you blind. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't. I can't with it. But she was also in Watcher in the Woods, the Disney movie with, <gasps> with housewife with Kyle Richards. No. no it was Kyle who was in that one. Kim Richards. Kim was in... Kyle was in Watcher in the Woods. Kim was in um, Escape to Witch Mountain. That's what it is. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know it had something to do with, like, a landscape. (laughs) (laughs) Then we had one of the best ones in the cast, Lorna Luft. She's Judy Garland's daughter. She plays no-nonsense Carol. We best know her as Paulette in Grease 2, which she did a couple years before this. And then also Christopher McDonald, who's in this, was also in Grease 2. I cannot believe He's one that I always recognize, and I'm always like, why do I know him? Like, when I mm-hmm. see his younger self, I'm always yep. like, why do I know him? And every time I find out it's Christopher McDonald, I'm like, what? That is crazy. <laughs> yep. yep. And then rounding out our four friends, we have Wendy Stahl play as wealthy Southern Belle Sandra. She did several other movies in the 80s. She had parts in Inner Space, Batteries Not Included, and The Burbs. She also provides the voice of Francine Smith on the animated series American Dad. Really? Mm-hmm. She's done a lot of voice work. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So rounding out the cast, we had Russell Todd, who's kind of hot but cannot act for shit, as I mentioned earlier. Oh, God. He played Scott the Hitchhiker, who becomes infatuated with Jenny. We had Daniel McD- McDonald, who played Camden Roxbury, a famous composer and pianist and Sandra's cousin, who... Oh, my God. <laughs> not sure what was going on with him. No. Christopher McDonald, as I mentioned, was Tony, a member of Scott's band, and I have to call her out, Louise Sorrell, as Barbara Roxbury, Sandra's aunt and Camden's mom. And I only call her out because she would later go on to play Vivian Alamein on Days of Our Lives. Very diabolical. One of my favorite characters on Days ever. Okay. 
So we don't typically do this, but I want to because this isn't a well-known movie. So I'm going to do a bit of a plot rundown and we'll talk about some of the ridiculousness mm-hmm. that was going on. Mm-hmm. So the movie starts, Carol and Chip are bumping uglies. And then after they get done, Which just we that learn, opening shot of them bumping ugly. Girl, if that is how you bump uglies, we are not bumping uglies. There's no thrusting. Ever. It's really like they're literally, it's like he's rubbing on yes. her. He's just wiggling. Yes, like he's doing... just wiggling. <laughs> There's just a wiggle. I guess we caught it right at the very end when he's like, <laughs> I guess. You like the visual? Uh, trying to get it out. I don't trying know. Trying to keep the rub out. I don't know. Yeah. But she breaks the news to Chip that she's not going on the couple's ski trip to Vermont with him. She's going to go to Fort Lauderdale with her friends. They've been together five years. She feels like she needs some space. He's not happy with this. No, he's not, because he's a fucking psycho. But please Mm -hmm. continue. (laughs) He is very psychotic. So we meet the other girls. Jenny doesn't think she can go because she has a term paper coming up. But Sandra promises to introduce her to her famous composer cousin, Camden. Jenny's obsessed with him. So she agrees. The girls are off and on their way to Fort Lauderdale. They pick up a hitchhiker. Uh Dude's name is Scott. He's immediately infatuated with Jenny, like literally jumps in the back of this car with Jenny and Carol and can't stop staring at Jenny. Yeah, honey, calm down. Everyone calm down. (laughs) Right. No. But it was the feathered bangs, Erin. Did you oh, see the feathers oh, in her bangs? I saw the feathered bangs. I mean, when you can I get your bangs a feather like those that. feathered bangs. <laughs> I was. But Lori, horny Lori, is the one who stopped to pick him up because he is an S.A. Major S.A. Oh, yes. Wait, hold on. Stud, Stud alert. alert. That's right. <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't. I cannot. <laughs> But we learned that Scott was also a student at whatever fictional university they were at at one time, but he took a break to see if he can make it with his band, and he's traveling to Fort Lauderdale to meet up with his band. So they get there. The hotel is scuzzy as hell, but Lori insists it's fine because they won't be spending much time there. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did like where Lori's unpacking. Carol asked her, what have you got in your suitcase? And she says, oh, a bottle of 150 proof rum, birth control pills, some Midol, my father's American Express card, king-sized bottle of Alka-Seltzer 2, one sexy black teddy, a li- something of grass, and a quarter just in case I have to call home. I think that'll get me through the night. Carol goes, that'll get me through the rest of my life. <laughs> yes. So the girls go to the beach. While they're there, a cop patrolling the very busy beach, like this beach is packed. And he goes up and he says, uh, looks like this group is new to town. How did he pick out four girls out of 5,000 people and like, oh, you look like you're new to town. I need to give you some warnings here. I guess that there are normally 4,996 people. And then he's like, oh, wait a second. I don't recognize you guys. I haven't counted you before. (laughs) (laughs) This is also when we learn that Psycho Chip has decided to stalk Carol. He ditched the Vermont trip, and him and his buddy went to Fort Lauderdale to keep an eye on her. God. <laughs> Later, the girls go to a bar where they meet Sandra's aunt, her aunt's friend, who why was this woman that was like just everywhere that Sandra's aunt was. I used to think they were lesbians. I really I this wondered, I is this the woman who was like, oh, come on, give your mom a kiss on the lips? Or yes. The, you have a blonde yeah. woman who always had a martini yes. that was walking around with Ken. It's like he didn't have a dad. Was. I thought that they were lovers. I think that they were. And then, but then she ends up fucking chip. So maybe she's, maybe she's bi, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Just so, thinking about it gives me a headache. <laughs> Camden and Jenny headed off. Camden ends up leaving the the bar, but invites Jenny to his charity concert Mm. that he's doing. He's going to introduce some new music that Mm -hmm. he's been working on. Mm -hmm. So the girls stay, they proceed to drink. They get Sandra super drunk. Mm -hmm. She proceeds to do a strip tease at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) She also, I love her flipping over in the bar. I I love her. I'm going to bite his butt. I want to bite somebody's butt. (laughs) Oh God. So Jenny, Scott's still infatuated with Jenny. He saw her talking to Camden. He's jealous. He oh, ends up Camden leaving with her. Camden was very like, 
oh, thank you, waiter, but we don't <laughs> need that. He he wanted, can I have some Dom Perignon? He's like, do you want some <laughs> We don't beers? need no beer. <laughs> no stinking beer here. We're, we're upscale. We're from France. That's right. So they, the girls drive back to the hotel. They're drunk. They get pulled over. Now, the officer who pulls them over just happens to be the same guy who noticed that they were new to town. Of course. He's just looking out for them, Odell. Right. No stalkers in this up, movie. <laughs> none. He ends up taking Lori and Sandra to jail because Sandra slaps him and told him to fuck off. <laughs> yes. Carol was passed out in the back seat, though. She didn't get taken in, so she's good. Jenny had left with Scott. They're walking on the beach. He kisses her. <laughs> so like, this was... The most disgusting kiss I have ever seen. He had to be gay. Like, he was not he down. He did not know what he was doing. With, that no. sweet baby. Or he had never been kissed before. No. I mean, it was just, it was horrible. Yes. 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 Oh, yes, it was. So then Jenny and Carol learn that Sandra and Lori are in jail, but they don't have enough money to bail them out. So they enter Carol in the hot bod contest. <laughs> Now, they say that they're looking for boobs and brawn. Carol has no boobs. No. But yet they decide they're going to enter her because she's had dance training. Yes, because that is exactly what matters in a hot bod contest. uh, Right. So she gets up on the, the stage, starts dancing with some dude. Who is like basically just marching around the stage, shaking his head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she's doing these like ballet moves, Uh but ballet moves that I would do when I was a kid when I didn't know what ballet was. Yes, yes, yes. But Chip just happens to be passing through looking for Carol and he sees her up on stage and this is a big no-no. Yeah. Carol ends up coming in second because the couple that went after them, the woman, the guy lifts her up on his shoulders, takes off her bra, flashes her titties. So they win. They only got second place. That is what um, Emma came in on. And <laughs> the the, one other Not thing the... she asked, she was like, that's public indecency. Like, wh- who's going to arrest her? And I was like, honey, she's not getting arrested. Why? She's flashing everyone. You can't just do that. And I was like, some places you can. Like spring break or Mardi Gras. Right. So anything goes. And how about the dude at the top of the hot bod contest with the first couple who had the cucumber that he flipped between his legs? I can't. I can't. I can't. Odell, <laughs> some of the moves in this hot bod contest, like I want, if you were down here, we would create a video. <laughs> we would absolutely create a video because this was back of this for YouTube. Incredible. It, it was, was pretty insane. bad. It was so bad. But while the hot body contest is going on, Camden shows up to invite Jenny. I love how he just knew where she was. Oh, like he just got in his boat, drove up the canal Got off where the party was and walked right up to her table. In the sea of 5,000 people. It's going to be right there. I guess it was like the cop knew that they were new to town. Camden yes. knew exactly where they were. Chip knew where to find uh, Carol. Like it all. Yep. It just, everything God, just we didn't perfect. even have like iPhones to ping or anything. No, no. <laughs> find my phone was <laughs> not a knew. thing. <laughs> <laughs> so he asked Jenny to come to his mother's pool party. Scott overhears. He decides he's going to throw a wrench in the plans. Here's what I don't understand. One of the things. Scott couldn't <laughs> afford money for things. food for the band. Yeah. But he could afford to pay a dude to fly a plane announcing the party so they yeah. could crash. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, he's got his priorities. He's got I his mean, little savings account for a rainy day. Yep. We don't need to eat. No. I need to hire a plane. You know what? To I've got to screw up this these plans. Party mm-hmm. So that I can win Jenny. Now, so Carol ends up getting second. They only have enough money to bail out one of their friends. So they get there. They flip a coin. Lori wins. Uh Sandra has to stay, but the police officer feels feels sorry for her, Uh decides, you know, you've done enough time. I'll let you out. They end up going out for a drink. Uh Meanwhile, Lori's had her eye. This is abuse of power, by the way. It is. (laughs) Continue. Lori's had her eye on this He-Man. She wants a He-Man bohunk Uh bodybuilder. That's that's what she wants to have sex with. So she's seen this guy on the beach, flirts with him. He finally comes up, gives her his address, and tells her to meet him. They have an appointment. So she does. Uh She gets there, finds out he's a male sex worker. Uh (laughs) She feels violated. 
She tells him to drop his pants because she's gonna, if she's gonna pay for the meat, she needs to see what she's paying for. He drops his drawers. She laughs, tells him, I'll see you in small claims court, and then leaves. Hardy har. Oh, Lori. So the rich people pool party gets overrun by drunk spring breakers in true 80s fashion, complete with an 80s band and a cello, <laughs> stand-up cello. On, well, it wasn't it earlier at the bar that we saw the stand-up yeah. cello on the ground, and he's like, like, mm-hmm. girl, that is no way to treat a cello. <laughs> Back then, seeing this, I thought that more bands had cellos. Oh, yeah. it <laughs> seems like did. every 80s band had a stand-up every 80s cello. Every band had a stand-up cello, yeah. Every, every single one. Yep. And music videos, too. Yes! But Cameron and Jenny escape to his room to get away from everyone. She inspires his final piece that he's been working on with Scott's help because he tells him to he needs a different note or something. I don't remember what it was. <sighs> Um, Sandra and police dude have a lovely night, even though he's married, but separated and he has a kid, but she's in love. So the girls go to Camden's concert, except for Sandra, who's waiting at the hotel for a policeman to call her mm-hmm. the epic finale <laughs> that will never not make me laugh hysterically. Camden has his concert, uh-huh. plays the piece yeah. that Jenny inspired, yeah. but Scott and his rock band. Yes. Managed to roll onto the stage. Yes. And they do a band battle with Camden in his tuxedo at the piano and Scott and his band playing along with Cameron. And Scott sings, I love you, Jenny. Come to me. And of course, this changes her mind. Obviously. She doesn't want Camden. No. All she needed was this lowlife dude who's been obsessed with her. And just a... Beautiful, she says in quotes, love song. That's all all that's needed. And then you get one more awkward kiss. And her looking at him, like the look on her face never changed. That I can't. And with the soft focus light. like. And she looks like she has to fart really is what it looks like. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. It's like I'm sitting here with my friends and I don't want to fart because it's going to be really stinky because I had chili for lunch. Yes. But this dude's singing to me and he's looking at me and I can't get up and walk away. So I'm going to sit here and and pucker up and wish for the best. Just tighten that sphincter, girl. That is exactly (laughs) what she looked like. So bad, Odell. So I love you, Jenny, is all it takes. And Jenny realizes Scott's the one for her. Sandra learns that the police dude is kind of back with his ex-wife. She breaks up with him. Carol and Chip reconnect and realize that they love each other. Of course. Even though he's completely psycho. Psychotic. Lori ends up fucking Camden. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the girls leave. Yeah. And they go back to school. Yeah. I mean, just a good old-fashioned spring break. <laughs> good old-fashioned spring break with a band battle to I, beat all band battles. I mean, yeah. I feel like in the 80s, that was a thing. <laughs> Where yep, it was you had the like 80s you montage, had the... you had a band battle, yes. you had a dance-off, yes. something. Yes, I felt like my life when I got to college, I was a little disappointed because I never once had a dance-off. No. Never once got involved with a band battle, nor did I see a battle of the bands no. No. for someone's love. I feel I like I need to go back and redo. <laughs> nope. <laughs> never been a spontaneous battle I of bands. I feel like I need, I didn't go to Fort Lauderdale. I feel like I need to do over. What? Let's do it. Let's go to Fort Lauderdale. 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 Let's do it. I mean, it's not a party town anymore. It's probably perfect for us. <laughs> right. I'm Low sure key, we could go to a lovely like dueling piano bar <laughs> instead of our battle of the bands. <laughs> oh my god. Only if you sing I love you, Jenny, come to me. Oh done. But it'll be would have been better if it had been I love you, Jenny, come for me. <gasps> Ooh, that would have been better. That. Tell you what have. How about we take a quick break and then we'll come back for a little more. All right, some fun facts about the movie I mentioned earlier. Lorna Left, who played Carol, and Christopher McDonald, who played Tony, both previously starred in Grease 2 in 82 together. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer. Timothy Hutton, Patrick Cassidy, and Ursula Andress were offered roles in this film. And I guess they offered Timothy Hutton a role because he was a son of Jim Hutton, 
who had co-starred in the original Where the Boys Are in 1960 with Connie Francis. Oh, that would have been interesting. They had also asked... They also asked um, Jim Hutton and Connie Francis if they'd make cameos in this movie, but they didn't. Russell Todd, who played Scott, I mentioned Mm -hmm. he was in Young and the Restless. He was also in Friday the 13th Part 2, and his character was also named Scott in that movie. Okay, I do remember him. He gets, he's the dude who gets caught by the ankle and then gets his throat slit. Mm-hmm. I do remember him. Okay. It's those eyes. He had fewer those lines. Blue yes, eyes he had, are he's very he's piercing. a very handsome dude, but he just cannot act for shit. No, no, no. no. So our first line of the movie, we forgot to do first line last line last I week, by the way, for St. Almost Fire. Yeah. Uh, but the first line of this one was, oh, that was so good. Almost five years and it just keeps getting better. After Chip yes. Bones Carol. Yeah. The last line of this one. I'm Scott Nash. I'm heading to Penmore to be with a girl I love. <laughs> How's that for amazing dialogue? I mean, those are probably two of the best lines in the, in the entire movie. <laughs> I think I want to bite somebody's butt was the best line of the entire movie. <laughs> or the song, I Love You, Jenny. I really wish I could find that song because it is I, so cringe. Can you not find it anywhere? No. Damn it. I was laughing so hard I was crying. Because I knew the Battle of the Band happened, uh-huh. but I forgot how ridiculously 80s it was. Yeah. It's it just, it's classic 80s. It, yeah. Yeah. This is, like I said, this is that movie. It only, you can only do it in the early 80s. It only fits there. Yes. Yes. You could not remake it today. No. Because no one would care. It would, I mean, no one that, would. After Sex in the City, after we've gotten like the female perspective on things, right? no right. one would give a shit. No. But what I want to do is I want to do a little put yourself in the movie. Okay. But it's you, Aaron. You, 18-year-old Aaron. Yeah. You are going to Fort Lauderdale with these four women. Ooh, and I'm having to think as 18-year-old Aaron? Yes, 18-year-old Aaron. Okay, that just changed yep. all of my answers. Go on. So you're driving in your car. Yeah. Lori wants to stop to pick up the hitchhiker because of the essay. Stud alert, yeah. major essay. Yeah. What What are you doing? Even back then, I would not have done that. <laughs> I'd have been like, this is how people die. No. Okay. Absolutely. You know why? Because my dad actually lived by a prison farm. <laughs> right. And they have all those signs that are like, do not pick up hitchhikers. Maybe a prisoner, blah, blah, blah. So I grew up seeing signs like that. So in my mind... You do not pitch, pick up a hitchhiker ever. Right. And if you've seen any 80s horror movie that has a hitchhiker in it, they <laughs> yep. are going to kill you. So exactly. even then, I mean, I would, I would have made very stupid choices back then. That is one that I can confidently say I would have been like, okay, we're done. Like, no, go drop me off like at the nearest bus station because I am not going to do this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I would have done because back then everyone hitchhiked. It was like such a thing to hitchhike back then. That's the difference between our few years. Yeah. Like that really is a difference. My grandmother picked up a woman because, I mean, she was, she had a cowboy hat on. So my grandma was like, oh, she's a cute little cowgirl. And she was younger. And it was like me and my sister were in my grandmother's car and she stops and picks up a hitchhiker. See, no. With kids in the backseat. Yeah. No, absolutely not. And honestly, like they tell you, like the ones who look all that innocent and stuff, those are really the ones who are going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely But now not. I wonder if like that girl that we picked up, she was, you know, I wonder where she was going. Right. And I wonder if like she ended up getting murdered somewhere. And Odell, seriously, like even if it was a child, <laughs> I would put like now, thank God we have phones. We did not have phone like cell phones back then. Mm-hmm. But now I don't think I, I would pull over to keep an eye on the child. I don't know if that child's going to, she could just be a ruse, <laughs> you know, right. there could be the mom Unlikely, or dad yeah. hiding somewhere. No. That's the first thing that would come into my mind is like, yes. okay, where there's someone hiding that's going to kill me. Yes, exactly. I'll call the it's police It's like if you, you see a cute little, you know, bear cub in the woods, they tell you mm-hmm. don't go near it. That's when right. you run. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I see a child on the side. Girl, uh-uh, I'm booking it. Mm-hmm. All right, so you've made it to Fort Lauderdale. Y'all go mm-hmm. out. You're at the bar. You're mm-hmm. drinking. Mm-hmm. Sandra's getting drunk. Mm-hmm. Lori's getting drunk. Mm-hmm. Carol's getting drunk. What are you doing? I'm getting drunk. 
So Sandra's up dancing on the bar, taking off her clothes. What are you doing? I'm up there on the bar with her, taking off her clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I would be up on the bar. I don't know that I'd be stripping. I don't think that. And once I saw her moves, I would probably like just slowly slink off the bar. (laughs) Be like, okay, I can't can't do this. (laughs) Or I would have fallen off by that point. So you, do you get in the car when Lori's driving home? Unfortunately, I would, yeah, I would. Wouldn't even think about would it. You, Especially back then, I would not even think twice about it. With the police officer, are mm-hmm. you approaching him or are you just ordering a cherry coke? Um, yeah. no, <laughs> no. The police officer, because I remember getting pulled over once when uh, we had been drinking and we were underage, and. I remember that that sobered me up so fast. <laughs> right. Just to be pulled. I would not approach him. I would be quiet and just do whatever he says. Okay. Like in our situation, we had to pour out all the alcohol in our car, <laughs> which was so hard to get when you're underage. But we right. had to pour all of it out. And then um, I think he followed us because we were like, the house is right there. And he followed us to the house. But didn't like write us up or tell parent or anything. I mean, it's actually wow. very, very cool of him at that time because we would have, I mean, that would have been horrifying. But I definitely, yeah, seeing a cop pull me over and he, especially when they crashed into what, like a tent, like an outdoor restaurant thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. a hotel, I think. Yeah, yeah no, no. Yeah. I would sober up so quickly and just do whatever <laughs> right. he said. So hot bod contest rolls around. Are you asking me if I'm going to join it? Yeah. And they say, Aaron, <laughs> no. you got the titties. You got to, you got to dance. I would say y'all can all go, you know, Sandra can go fuck herself. <laughs> Lori, whoever. What if, it was, what if it was me and Kathy in jail? Girl, I will find a way savior. to get the money that does not include me showing my titties. <laughs> I will find, I would never leave you guys there. And I would never flip a coin to see which one I'm going to get out. Like, no, you just take Kathy and you'd, you'd, you'd think I could, I can manage. I'll be like, he's gay. He's going to love prison. <laughs> no, you would both be gay. There's no way I would leave one of you in there unless you had pissed me off. I'd be like, let's wait like eight hours. Okay. So the makeout scene with the inflatable doll, are you giving instructions or are you the one making out with the doll? I am not making out with the doll. And I don't want to give instructions either. You know what? I would be reading a book (laughs) over in the corner. I am not giving instructions. I am not touching that doll. No. See, I would be, I'd be videotaping it for something to laugh out. To laugh at later. To make fun of you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, I can see. So pool party at Mm -hmm. the aunt's house when the band crashes and everyone takes over. Where Mm -hmm. are you? I'd be with the band. I would absolutely like. I would not You'd be, be running front to like with the hide. lady, the old lady who takes off her dress, oh, who absolutely. has the titties wrapped up. Absolutely, that is. What exactly was that contraction she had? I don't even know what it was. <laughs> it was so I don't scary. Know. No, okay. I don't know. But no, I would definitely. I'd be with the band. I'd be in the crowd, like loving the fact that it was crashed, and yeah, I'd be perfectly right. fine. So what about at the last of the epic 80s piano band battle? What are I mean, you doing? What's I your response? I would lose my shit. I would lose <laughs> my shit. And I would know that if Jenny like chose anything other than her walking the fuck out of that place, <laughs> that we would no longer we be no friends. friends. No, we're not friends. <laughs> but God, I would never stop laughing. I would never <laughs> stop laughing. It would be something that I would repeatedly bring up, even after we'd graduated school at all reunions. Every time we got together at your wedding, I'm going to stand up and toast you and talk about that. It would be, I mean, like the story of my life, the rest of my life. If we're hanging out, you know what's going to come up? Do you remember that time? (laughs) There was a battle of the bands and that stupid hitchhiker stalker saying to Jenny, Oh my God. He, not only did he sing to you, but he also managed to set up his entire band and rolled them onto the stage around this piano player. Them. And the pianist was able to be like standing up and like jamming out, like, no, look <laughs> at me. <laughs> when he kicked his um, piano bench. I can't even. I can't 
an even man. That- and we were just standing there in the middle of the, of the stage going, what do I do? And Christopher McDonald rolls up, runs over there and like nudges him with his elbow. He's like, dude, just play your piano. He's like, okay. Okay. Okay, I will. I'm going to show her. Pick me. <laughs> I mean, Odell, you know that if we were there together and we had our friend Jenny who was sitting there, we would lose our shit. We would lose our shit, but we would also push Jenny to go up there. Oh, absolutely. We'd be and... like, make a decision. I mean, we're, our friendship's done because this is <laughs> happening, but make a decision. We got to see this play out. We have to see this whole thing. And not only make a decision, but don't just sit there, run up on stage. Make yes. them fight for your girl. Don't make them come down to you. I mean, he does his big ending, which by the way, he didn't even end correctly on. Like he did the done right after they were already done. And then mm-hmm. runs down there and don't he just rolled out his drum set <laughs> and had his band come Take up. Take off there. those pumps you and get up on that stage. Get on that stage. Yeah. Tell everybody who you choose. Yes. Yeah. We all deserve to know that we have to witness it. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So that's where the boys are. A cheesy, cheesy as fuck 80s movie. If you want to see the cheese, you can catch it on Amazon Prime. Or if you're me, who bought a shit ton of 80s Blu-rays because they were on sale one week, (laughs) come over to my house and we'll watch it with some edibles. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) All right. uh, It's trivia time. Are you ready? I am ready. What country passed the 1 billion mark in population on its mainland in 1982? India. That's your final answer? Y- yes. China. Oh, I should have guessed that. Dang it. In what 1984 movie do the Eckert brothers defend their home soil from Soviet soldiers who had invaded? Oh, shit. Uh, 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 oh, fuck. I, I don't know. War games. I know Red it's not Dawn. that. Red Dawn. Wasn't that, was Patrick Swayze in that? Yes. Yes, okay. he was. Dang, in 1981, what country released 52 American hostages after 444 days of captivity after Captivity. Captivity after Ronald Reagan delivered his inaugural address. Oh, crap. Pakistan. Iran. <laughs> Afghanistan. Iran. Okay, it was Iran. Iran. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. We get okay. three chances. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you got one. Okay. All right. Ready? Yes. After undergoing surgery to repair a detached retina, who came out of retirement in 1986 to defeat the undisputed middleweight champion, Marvelous Marvin Hagler? Uh, uh, Mike Tyson. Muhammad Ali. George Foreman. (laughs) Nope. None of those? Sugar Ray Leonard. Ah, damn it. That was my fourth guess. (laughs) Last one. Okay. Oh, I'm I'm totally bombing. You've turned on these. into me. Oh God. Okay. In 1982, what Australian band posted the back-to-back number one singles "Who Can It Be Now" and "Down okay. Under"? And despite that success, minute disbanded. work. Minute work. Minute yep. work. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. You got two out of five. Okay. Okay. I'll take it. Am I still ahead? I think you are. Okay. Yeah. Because last time you're still ahead by like five. I think. Okay. Okay. All right, last thing we need to do, we got to spin the wheel to find out what my next movie will be. I'm going all the way back. We're, yeah, I'm, you are. I'm choosing from the 70s, so we're going from 70 to 75. And you want me to shuffle three times, is this correct? Yes, and then we have okay. to spin three times, too, because we have to Yes, all right. Spinning all right, what's spinning my first? Spinning. All right, your first one... Herbie rides again. <laughs> Adele. Okay. Mommy. Okay. One, two, three. All right. Here's our next one. Let's see. It's spinning, spinning, spinning. And it is the way we were. Memories. Like the corner of my mind. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen that. You haven't? No. I have 
seen it. Is that the Hubble one that yes. they talked about on Sex and City? Okay. Yep. All right, the third one. Oh, play Misty for me. Ooh, the original Fatal Attraction. Oh, then you know what my my pick is. Um, let's do that one. It's Clint Eastwood. Let's okay. wait. Let's make sure that we can find it somewhere. Because if not, yeah. the then my other choice would be the way we were. Okay. Let me see. I'll check the iTunes first. Okay. Yes, it's available on iTunes. Okay. You've never seen it? No. I saw it in college because I had a friend who was obsessed. He was like a film buff. Mm-hmm. And I, it was right when, you know, all those 90s thrillers were coming out, like those suburban type thrillers. Oh, yeah. And The Rocks of Cradle, all that shit. Fatal Attraction. And we were talking about Fatal Attraction. And he's like, oh, well, if you love Fatal Attraction, you need to see the original Fatal Attraction, which is Play Misty for me. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. I'm down but with that. I haven't seen it since, um, since college. So, all right. So, next week, Aaron is leading us in a discussion and rewatch of Clueless. One of my faves of all time. So good. And then in two weeks, we'll do a little Play Misty for me from the 70s. All right. Thanks for being here, kiddos. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Please be sure to tell all of your friends about us, especially any fellow Gen Xers. And don't forget to follow us on social media and your favorite podcast app. And be sure you're set to auto-download so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, leave us a five-star rating. Don't forget to visit backwherewebelong.com to gain access to our ultimate playlists, pick up some merch, and do a deeper dive into all of our episodes. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. 